In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I heard a phrase the other day from our Michigan District President, President Dave Davis, you can't out-local the local church. Okay, so maybe it's a little bit odd of a saying, but sometimes those odd sayings end up sticking with you. You can't out-local the local church. As I unpack this phrase, this is what I want you to hear from it. You are the church right here, right now in this time and place. You are not the church of the past. You are not the church of the future. You are the church here. God has called me here to equip you and share the good news. He's equipped me to be pastor among you, to share the gospel and administer the sacraments. But God has called you and equipped you to be the church. In fact, one of the many reasons why you gather here every weekend is to hear that calling anew, And hear God's words of promise to equip you with truth to live by. As the psalmist says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You can't out-local the local church. Jesus exhibits this in our gospel lesson today. He finishes preaching in the synagogue and then The brothers Simon, also known as Peter, and Andrew lead Jesus to their house. When Jesus gets there, they let Jesus know that Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. So she can't host them. I don't know if maybe they brought out just some water and donuts and were like, well, she's sick. We really couldn't do much. But they let Jesus know that she is sick. And Jesus takes her by the hand, and restores her to full health. She had a fever, but when Jesus takes her by the hand, she stands up, and the fever is gone. It is so far gone that she begins serving on Jesus and the disciples. She becomes hostess and serves just after being ill with a fever, she serves those who are there under her roof at that time and in that place. It's such a simple miracle, certainly a life-changing experience for her, but so simple. So simple that, listen how the text goes on, That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. The whole city was gathered at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Jesus does this a bunch more on that day, in that place, at that time, with no real details given to us. For Jesus, it's just so simple. For us, it's complicated. For us, learning how to heal someone takes years and years of studying and then training and then testing. And if you manage to get through all of that, they might call you doctor. 
And as a doctor, you are given the task to heal bodies that come to you. But even doctors can't really cure a fever. They can reduce the symptoms, and sometimes they might be able to give you something that is producing that fever in your body and eradicate it. But other times, and plenty of times, if you just have a fever, you don't even bother going to the doctor Because if you can manage it with a little bit of Tylenol, you'll probably see it pass eventually. But Jesus does it just like that. He takes her by the hand and it's gone completely. Have you ever felt like there's something that you need God to fix like that? And then he doesn't even seem to notice? I know I have. There are many things that I would love for God to just cure in my life. I know that he is strong. I know that he is capable. But I struggle sometimes when I don't see that in my life. When I ask for that simple, God-pleasing prayer with, with no malice or, or ill desire in it at all, And it it seems like it should be so simple. But then we don't get the answer that we're looking for. Sometimes I ask him to do it. I ask him to work whatever it is in my life away. And if I can admit it, sometimes I've given up asking. I've found myself asking again And again, and again, and he doesn't seem to respond. And I justify this in my mind. Maybe you have too. He's got bigger fish to fry. I know that I'm much smaller and insignificant than the vast world that he has created, let alone the immeasurable universe. Why would God notice me? I can relate to what Isaiah says In the beginning of the Old Testament lesson. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. And spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Who brings princes to nothing. And makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. If princes are nothing. What am I? I know that believers struggle with this doubt, I also know that non-believers feel this insignificance too. The rise of depression, anxiety, and other hosts of mental illnesses may issue from this reality that may be their root. And I'm not saying that if you struggle with these things, anxiety and depression, that that is necessarily a, a sin that you've committed or a sin that's a part of your life. It's the reality that we live in this broken world and we struggle coping with the struggles that come our way, with the challenges that we must face. That if there is nothing to this life or if God doesn't even notice me, well, what am I even doing here? That's a simple question to tackle in a sermon. Why am I here? 
This question that in, in theory is, is well beyond me. But since we're right here, right now together, and not here in theory, let me introduce you to someone who does know this answer. Someone who knows you. Jesus has you here tonight. You have, may have made the plans, and maybe you were dragged here because your child was in the band, but Jesus brought you here tonight for a very specific person, for a very specific reason. You are here because of the brokenness of this world. And Jesus, the great healer, has brought you here to know his love. He is God who has come among us. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. The great big God of the universe that notices not even princes or rulers is not blind to you. He is so great that he doesn't care about all of the designations that we think are important in this world He is so great that he knows you by name. It's not on the tip of his tongue. He can't see your face but can't remember your name. He knows every hair on your head. He loves you and he has called you by name. He brings princes to nothing, but he heals the no-name mother-in-law with a fever. He makes rulers of the earth as emptiness, but Jesus has called you by name. This is one of the things that I I love about baptism. It's not something that we do for God. This is not a declaration that we make before others to prove that we are following God or that we want to follow God. This is something that God promises to do for us. And baptism is a point in time when God names you his own. When you receive water on you, In his name, when God says, you're part of my family and under my roof and I will take care of you, we might choose to leave that house, but he, like a good father, will keep calling us home. And no matter how long we are away, Jesus never stops loving us. He keeps our place ready and keeps calling us back. And that's wonderful news for us. But what about those non-believers who feel lost in the immensity of this world? At the risk of oversimplifying it, I'd like to offer this. This big wide world is too big for us to change, but it's not too big for Jesus. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit Spirit will work among us through his word and sacraments. So our concern isn't primarily this whole wide world. He's got that. Trusting that Jesus is on this mission and we're joining in it with him, that Jesus has come to redeem this world, this is how we see Jesus reach it. Our church gathers 
here. We hear God's word here. We receive the goods that he has to give us for the forgiveness of sins in baptism and holy communion here. Then, like Simon and Andrew, we take Jesus home. We pray, study God's word, and organize our lives around Jesus. Is there room for dance and t-ball? Sure. But we can't let the other joys that God gives us in this life to crowd out the gift that he gives us for everlasting life. So we order our lives around church and Bible study. As we follow God's command in this, he will build a community here that can do amazing things. Like teaching the next generation about his love for over 160 years or feeding our neighbors and desiring to feed 35 families this coming Easter. Our prayer is that God will continue to use us and our gifts to reach our neighbors with Jesus and his love. And as God works among us, Emmanuel will become more and more true to our namesake. We will be known for our love and our community will come to see Jesus here. The Holy Spirit will call more and more and bit by bit as each church lives out this mission of love. The world will come to know Jesus, the healer. Jesus who simply gave his whole life for you and me. He died for us and our sins. He rose from the dead so that in this big broken world you might know that you are more precious to God than anything. What the world gives value to, like princes and rulers, is not what God gives value to. He loves you because he created you. Jesus loves you to redeem you. Your sins are forgiven. For Jesus, it's that simple. So this week, I'd like to offer a challenge. A a pace mark, if you will. Something to run after so that we're not running aimlessly. I want you to do one very simple thing throughout this week. Pray for someone you know in your life. Someone that you see that may feel unseen. Maybe it's a neighbor that you've noticed looks worn out by life. Maybe it's a member of Emmanuel who hasn't been coming to church for a while or maybe even years. This week, your goal, at least once a day, is to pray for them. Read your Bible, do your devotions, and then remember this goal. I have somebody to pray for today. If you'd like to email me who you're praying for, I will join with you in that prayer. It will be just between the two of us. Again, my email's on the front cover. I'm excited to see what God will do among us as we take on this challenge. You can't out-local the local church. You are the church right here, right now, for each other and for our neighbors. Prayer is such a simple miracle that Jesus gives us. Let's be intentional this week about praying for the people around us. Amen.